0: Good afternoon and thanks for tuning in to the Vine and Branches podcast. My name is Allie O'Neill, and today we are going to be finalizing the segment on marriage. I have an awesome guest today, and I'm biased, but he is my husband. His name is Brian, and today we're going to be talking about things like who the godly man is, what does he look like in action, then we're going to be talking about some communication topics, and then ending on enjoying your marriage. So, Brian, would you like to say hello to everyone?
1: Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I just wanted to start off with this verse from Genesis 2, 23 through 24. It says, A man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife to become one flesh. Now, this is also reiterated in Mark 10, 6 through 12. It is said in the same thing except for the context of divorce. So, we know that it's important for the man to kind of develop a new relationship apart from his family with his wife. So that kind of leads into who is the godly man? This is a question that we kind of always have because the Proverbs 31 woman is kind of a prescription that we use for women as to standards we should live up to. But um, we don't think about the godly man. So Brian... When you think of man in general, what is the societal view of a man?
1: I think uh, society believes that men need to work hard and to be um, emotionless and to just suck it up and you know be a man. You know, Um, but also I think society, especially American society, puts um, a lot of pressure on a man to perform um, in a career. Financially, um, and, and to really be kind of, um, I guess, strong. I guess is a good word. Um, but as, especially as, a, I don't know, I guess, a man and, and a husband aspect. Um, really, I think the the focus, I guess, is just on um, kind of more of a material provision than anything else.
0: So knowing that view, that, that society's view, and then we have a biblical view. So what should the biblical view, so what should a godly man versus just a man look like?
1: So I guess um, in society, I guess men kind of define their worth and, and their success off of money and career and uh, their achievements or, or their hobbies or their status in, the, in an organization. Um, And honestly, a a biblical man um, probably shouldn't really drive his life from any of those standpoints. Really, um, a biblical man should focus his whole life on the relationship that he has with God. Um, And that kind of needs to be the rudder, if you will, to steer you through life. Um, He needs to put God first um, above everything else. Um, And then uh, after that, uh, a godly man, um, you know, he needs to seek God daily. Whether that's praying, um, reading your Bible, doing a devotion on your phone, um, it's actively pouring into that relationship um, with God. But also, He puts others, um, you know, first. It's not all about Him. It's it's about um, serving and loving others well. Whether that's your family, your friend group, uh, the people you work with, um, if you're married, especially your wife. Um, but you know, you're always putting that at the center of what what you're doing it's not all about you and your interests
0: so providing seems to be a big theme for being a husband would you agree absolutely so i know for a woman it's hard at least with the biblical standards because we think of the proverbs 31 woman and we're like whoa that's quite a woman to live up to so we almost think that we need to be perfect is this something that men struggle with
1: um yeah i I mean i've struggled with that um just kind of the perception of what you should be doing as a man and are you really living up to it um you know uh, we're charged as men um to be um in charge of your your life and your work your finances um your emotions um which is a kind of a touchy subject for most men. Um, you know, we as men would rather probably would rather act like those emotions don't exist than actually deal with them, um, which is really unhealthy, but God um, designed us to have emotions and, and to use those well. So that's something that's kind of hard to live up to, especially uh, in society. Um, but you know, as a man, you, you know, you're charged with the physical and emotional and spiritual um, component of not only your life, but also um, should you, know, you get married and have kids, and you're you're charged with being responsible for all of that as well. So um, it's it's kind of a lot to lump on your shoulders, and, and the only way that I found to do it even um, remotely well is to have God guiding you through it. Um, it's just it's not enough for me to bear or
0: it's too much for me to bear, I guess. So um, in my last segment, I was talking about the Proverbs 31 woman and it was actually King Lemuel's mother who was trying to give a prescription of what a good woman is that he should marry. So things that he should look for in a partner. So for you, when you look for a wife, what are some things that you're looking for?
1: Well, since I've already found mine, um, <laughs> <I'll>,
0: well before. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I wasn't really looking for a wife when I met um, Allie, but um, I can honestly say that that uh, a woman with Christian values is paramount. Um, especially if you're going to search to be a godly man, you know, you need to have a godly woman beside you. It's not so much, um, you know. I guess there's a saying that there's always a, a woman behind the man, but I'd rather say that she's by my side, um, cause you're going to share life with one another. Um, it's not me with her along for the ride. Um, but also along with that, um, you know, modesty is a, is a big thing, not only like, um, in appearance, you know, I don't know, I just never looked for girls that, um, dressed, um, yeah, provocatively would be a good term. Um, but also in the sense that, like, you know, they're not super high maintenance. Um, you know, I, I was always attracted to women that wore modest amounts of makeup, didn't, you know, slather on a bunch of makeup or wear fancy clothes. Like, I just like the simple simple woman because then you know they're a little less high maintenance and quite frankly a lot of women that are like that are kind of self-centered and um, it's hard to have a relationship with somebody that's self-centered um, but also look for uh, you know a woman who treats others well um, and treats them with love and respect and, and um, isn't like a gossip And um, it, you know it's really telling the actions of a woman to the character of the woman So, um, if you sit down and have a conversation with her and she immediately starts gossiping about all the stuff that's been going on at work or school or whatever, uh, it's kind of a tell to, you know, uh, I don't know, that wasn't (laughs) something that was really attractive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, also I think something that's really important is, you know, you need to be attracted to him, obviously in the physical sense in some capacity, but, um, beauty on the inside is something that's going to last and, and. Age well, I guess. Um, you gotta love the person who's inside as much as you do on the outside.
0: So love someone from the inside out, not the outside in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me when i'm looking for a husband i i'm a list maker so i made a small list and i said understanding and i just want to reiterate not that he's going to understand everything that i have to say because i know that you and i will talk about things and you definitely don't understand where i'm coming from but you at least try to right uh,
1: i can sympathize and, <laughs> and, and listen uh i mean there's a lot of stuff that we talk about and i i I'm probably never going to fully understand, but at least listening in on it, I can at least do that.
0: Right. So a man who tries is pretty vital for me. Um, And along with that, a partner, someone who's all in, I'm not looking for someone who just wants to be with me or not fully invest. I want someone who's going to be a partner. Um, I like romance. um, So kind of like, you know sometimes just some love letters here and there sometimes you know you bring me flowers and that's nice um, humble loyal a provider nurturer gentle quiet spirit and I did put good-looking and when I put that on there I felt kind of vain but I think beauty is kind of in the eye of the ball holder too and someone has to be kind of um, aesthetically pleasing to us for us to you know I don't know, some people say that looks aren't important, but they kind of are a little bit. It's just kind of the honesty of it.
1: It's like, uh, I don't know, I've kind of always said that there's pretty women and there's attractive women. So, you know, there's lots of pretty women in the world, but fully attractive women are like the whole package. So, you know, they're pretty, but they're also, you know, um, kind of the overall package is attractive.
0: Yeah, so um, since we kind of covered that, I wanted to touch communication a little bit. This is a fun one for us, isn't it? <laughs> so um, we have, just being honest, we have struggled mostly with our communication in marriage. Um, I think what we're trying to say is either perceived differently or not necessarily communicating it in the way that we wanted to. Um, so what is something that you need as a man um, in our marriage when we communicate?
1: Um, I guess uh, we kind of communicate very differently. So um, I tend to communicate in a facts based and logic and reason way and uh, there's a lot of times where we'll get into a communication or conversation and it kind of takes a turn towards oh, an emotional response and then i'm kind of thrown off um so I, I don't know if that's for everybody but that's definitely for us um and i guess kind of the biggest thing for me is uh communication for me is just the point of like getting a information across effectively and quickly. Uh, I don't like to have an hour-long conversation when we can have a five-minute conversation. Um, so I guess like communicating what needs to happen and how to go about it in um, uh, a time-effective manner that we're both understanding is probably you know important. Um, a lot of times Allie just has to flat out just tell me exactly what she needs from me and I can get to it Um, leaving things in the air um, kind of like oh well they should know that this is what I need from them or um, they should understand from past experience that this is what they need to be doing or what I want from them that's like that doesn't really work Um, so you know it has to be reiterated a lot for me um, and stuff like that.
0: So. Uh, Brian likes more clear and concise and I am probably on the other end of the spectrum I like to have I like to kind of lead him around on a trail so we usually start talking about one thing and That's not actually what I'm upset about, which women have a great way of doing that. Um, We talk about something that kind of upsets us, but isn't necessarily the main issue. And then we lead them on this rabbit trail to try to figure out what it is that we're actually mad about. So probably just some advice to you women out there. Um, We have a tendency to do it, and since we know that, the best way would probably just say what you need. Um, I don't know if this is the same for all men, but um, this is just advice from our marriage. I know that it's so much easier for me to just say, hey, Brian, this is what I'm struggling with. Um, This is what the issue is, and us just to tackle it, even if it is hard for me to say.
1: Yeah. Also, I guess, like, um we're two very different people as far as how we process information uh so when i'm taking in information or trying to make a decision or working through how i'm feeling today um i don't go to Allie and have a conversation about it i process that all internally Uh, being an introvert that's just how i've always done things i don't need somebody's ear to bounce ideas off of i'm pretty self-sufficient in that area Ally, not so much. She's more of a, a, a verbal processor, a verbal communicator. So she will come to me and have conversations with the intent, the whole intent of the conversation to figure out what she should do or um, just to bounce an idea off me. And um, a lot of times then I feel the need that I should try to help her fix it. And a lot of times um, when she's just coming to talk, then she just needs me to listen to fix
0: it. And that's a great point that you brought that up because uh, in my Proverbs 31 segment, I was talking about a need for women is to seek counsel from their husbands, but also for them to listen. So sometimes the husband gets confused when we're talking to them about something because we're usually going to them to seek counsel, but this time we just want you to listen. So maybe when you're talking with your spouse saying hey like before you even start the conversation hey i'm trying to seek counsel from you on this and get advice or say hey i just had a rough day i need someone to listen to me can you just listen for me i don't need you to fix it um and that's something that's still hard for me to do but i try to remember you know to bring that up even if it is halfway through the conversation and he's already started giving me advice at least that's a little bit of progress progress for me. So um, on on the lines of communication, I came up with a good way to get some takeaways from it and how you can use it. It's the acronym ASK. So um, first, accept who your partner already is. Accept who God has made them to be. Um, I know that it's sometimes hard for me because I want Brian to be more like me, to do things the way that I do them. And that's a very selfish way for me to think. But I, And sometimes I try to control that and say, well, if you did it this way, it would be better or we could communicate differently. But that's not who he is. Um, So accepting your spouse for who they already are is important. The S is speak truth. It is so hard sometimes to say to your spouse what they need to hear. Brian, would you love to give that awesome example that you gave at the millennials group last week
1: sure (laughs) um I guess Uh, I guess the example oh um yeah so I was having some issues with um some family members and I I don't like conflict so I was just flat avoiding it not addressing it um, not having that conversation. Um, and uh, Ali, just through a conversation that we were having one day, just said, you know, you realize you're being a coward. Like, you're just avoiding it. You're not taking care of it. Um, and you're just hiding behind the fact that you don't address it. And so nothing ever gets resolved. Um, and, you know, there's, I couldn't really say anything against it. I was absolutely 100% not confronting the issue. And, and taking the coward's way out, and I couldn't say anything against it. So, um, just the truth of my actions, and, and you know, I was trying to avoid conflict, but by avoiding the conflict, it just continued, and the conflict was never resolved. So, um, being able to um, convict your spouse on some things and just tell them what they need to hear sometimes when they're being ridiculous is, is also pretty important
0: too and sometimes they may take it really well and sometimes it may go the opposite way so it's not always going to go all peachy when you're trying to speak truth to your spouse but the important thing is is that we're communicating that and i know at least for brian you can correct me if i'm wrong sometimes when i say something to you you may not agree with it in the moment but you take you sleep on it or take 24 hours to it and you usually come back um and sometimes what I'm saying, you know, you can take some positivity from it. Yeah.
1: Sometimes,
0: Sometimes. (laughs) but sometimes I'm just in the wrong and I probably shouldn't have said it. So sleeping on, it doesn't help. But, um, so accept your spouse for who they are. Speak truth. And, uh, for the K I put, keep an open line of communication, but I actually want to say, keep praying because um, it is important for you to keep an open line of communication with each other um, because our our significant others are not psychics. They don't know what we're thinking. So we need to communicate that. But also there are some things that we just can't communicate to each other. We have a hard time doing it. We can't get on the same page. And that's where prayer comes in. You can keep praying. And you keep that open line of communication to God. So again, accept, speak truth, and keep an open line or keep praying. Um, So the final topic I want to talk about today is enjoying your marriage. So there's a bunch of places in the Bible where we're commanded to enjoy life with our spouse. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says that we should be enjoying life with the wife you love all your days of your fleeting life for that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun and then proverbs five fifteen gives us uh the whole this whole spiel on enjoying marriage and it says things like let your fountain be blessed take pleasure in the wife of your youth be lost in her forever do not become entangled things like this so going off of that there are a lot of things that can kind of take joy from our marriage so one of those things can be breaches in communication um but other things can kind of stem from maybe we had an argument and we're trying to I can't tell you how many times we've tried to schedule a date night and then we have an argument we kind of don't want to be around one another (laughs) um or you know Brian had to work long hours and he had good intentions he was trying to provide for his family but I think the joy of spending time with his family may have gotten sucked out a little bit um do you want to explain maybe like what that was like where your joy meter was kind of at that time
1: um I guess it's kind of a personal struggle for me um, because I'm fairly introverted. So when I spend a day or especially a long day at work, like I just, I just come home drained and um, my capacity to pour into my family at that point is like, is pretty limited. Um, so I guess, you know, it's it's hard to come home and, and be like super joyful about um, having a rough long day at work and then, um, you know, not, be all emotionally strung out and worn out at the end of the day and and not treat your family well. Um, So that's just kind of a constant struggle that I've had throughout my life, just different work schedules. You know, I've worked super long hours. I've worked weeks at a time away from home. I've worked um, nights, you know, so when my family's up during the day, you know, I'm up and and then sleeping a little bit and then working at night. Um, So, you know, no matter what your schedule is, Um, It can be a bit of a struggle, even if it's just 9 to 5 and you get a rough day at work. Um, You know, it's it's hard to to balance all that and do it well. And it's something that definitely has to be invested in and learned. And and, um, you don't just get it right on the first go. Um, So, Uh,
0: I think for me, what kind of takes joy out of it, and it's my own doing, is my pet peeves. So something as stupid as I just clean the kitchen and then let's say Brian goes in and literally uses a fork and then leaves the fork in there, it drives me mad. And I know there are probably some other women or maybe even men out there that it's kind of little pet peeves and then it's one pet peeve and then another one and it just kind of keeps building a mountain until the stress kind of hits you and you're like, wow, where is my joy? You kind of just feel depleted and it's our doing, but that happens for me and it's something I have to watch out for. So at least what I've been trying to do the past few months, cause this has been a struggle for me for a long time is, um, when I see that fork in there and I start to, you know, have that fire inside me a little bit I think of hey you know what he came home the other day and he unloaded the dishwasher for me and I didn't even ask so what's a fork you know Um, sometimes we just have to think about what our spouse is doing that's for the positive versus that one thing that is a negativity to us because that's such a a small problem in marriage and if you're arguing over a fork every day that can definitely suck the joy out of your marriage I think Um, That's just for me. I know there's a bunch of things that can take it. Uh, Financial issues is another one for some people. Um, I know that for us, we have struggled financially at times, but I don't think we've ever let it... uh, We've kind of let it take the joy out of our marriage. Um, I think more on the lines of... uh, For Brian, he was trying to provide for his family. Um, But finances can kind of be an issue too so there's a like I said there's a bunch of different things that can take joy out of our lives so Brian what do you think are some ways that we can stay joyful amidst all the struggles that we face daily in our marriage
1: um like one of the biggest things is just accepting what you love about your spouse even with the stuff that you don't like there's no perfect individual out there and you're never gonna iron out all the wrinkles out of your spouse as much as you're gonna ever want to try um, like just learning to love how all the great things about your spouse and and learning to tolerate maybe some of the things that kind of drive you nuts um, but you know you, even when you don't spend a whole lot of time with your spouse even some of the things that you, that just drive you nuts um, you'll miss if they're not around too Um, but I guess like a lot of it is just time well spent with one another Um, and that's not just like um, yeah you gotta invest in the areas of your relationship that need invested in so um, time if you're you know and that's not just like you're there for four hours a day like you need to actually be engaged with your family like sitting on the couch watching tv for four hours around your family at the end of the day is not the same thing as actually engaging with your family for an hour or two or whatever you can spare throughout the week um i think a lot of men kind of struggle with they have a work week and then maybe they're home like a day or two a week and they can kind of like Refreshed, pour into their family for a couple days, but um, it's pretty important to be engaged with your family every day as much as you can be. Um, uh, especially between your wife or your husband, um, finding things that they like. Um, you know, for instance, Allison really enjoys when I bring home spontaneous flowers or um, write her a note. Um, you know, for me, you know, she bakes cookies or gets me my favorite type of ice cream or, um, okay, I guess I'm really kind of showing my cards. That I like food and that's, you know, she likes <laughs> cooking. I love um, to cook, so that's so, good. Uh, so, <sighs> you know, it's, it's stuff like that or, or, um, stuff as simple as folding my laundry and putting it away so I don't have to do it at the end of the day or, um, you just kind of got to find those things that, um, you can do for one another and, and, like, be selfless about it. Don't do it because... Um, you know I guess don't dictate the things in your relationship that make you happy but try to invest in the things that make your spouse happy Um, so I guess if you're always looking into your relationship for your spouse to provide your happiness and you're never pouring back into um, what makes them happy it's kind of a one-sided relationship
0: Yeah, I love that you just touched on that, not trying to find your happiness through your spouse, because that's what I tried doing for the first couple years of our relationship. Um, It is so important that we're confident in who we are apart from each other as a whole, because if, if you're not loving yourself well, you can't love your spouse well. And that is that's just really important. We have to work on our self confidence too in our marriage. It's it's about each one of us and how we can kind of play off of each other. Um, so I, I like that you brought that up. Um, so this is a part actually that I skipped that I wanted to bring back in when we were talking. You were talking about things that your wife can do for you. The Proverbs thirty one woman. So there, I, I've talked about this. that women have on the Proverbs 31 woman and that she needs to um, live up to this certain standard. And I think that some women think that their sole purpose as a wife is to take care of her husband under every capacity, which means foregoing a career, uh, foregoing any other interests, just to um, clean up after them, and be there for them for their beck and call. What is your viewpoint on that?
1: Um, I grew up in a pretty um, old school kind of upbringing where most of the women stayed home, most of the men worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess that works for some people, and in today's world, it's kind of unrealistic for most. Um, I, I would really be remiss to sit here and say, like, uh, I would marry somebody like Allison and then just stick him in a house and make him do housework. Um, in a lot of ways, Allison is much more capable at doing many things than I am. And those are gifts that God gave her to use in different capacities. Um, I think it's, it's pretty um, narrow-minded, I guess. To say that women need to be housemakers and in the kitchen, um, or it, that's what their job is. Um, I think women have a lot to offer. Um, Allison has made me a better man and a better father, um, has opened my mind to certain things. Um, and, you know, after really sitting down and, and working through what it means to have a relationship and a godly relationship, it's not. Um, that she's subservient to me. It's that we have different roles and different skills and different attributes that are valuable and can be used in different ways. But um, I think just, it's not so much that you have to just be a housewife, but serving um, and caring for your husband is, is important. Um, I think that that meeting your husband's needs and, and loving him and caring for him well is important, but it's not one-sided. Um, I, I think what that passage is trying to say is really important, but it's not that uh, the guy gets to just go work and then come home and kick his feet up. Um, we both have roles as a man and a woman in a relationship, um, and we both have responsibilities, and they're important. but. Um, not so much that that's the only role that a woman can can do.
0: Okay. So it was really information-filled podcast today. So I just want to leave you with um, one thing that you can take away for something that Brian and I could have kind of put together on marriage. So the word is invest. You want to invest in your spouse. And I broke down the word And I just gave you um, words for each letter that can help you in your marriage. So invest, I is interest. Have interest in your spouse. Um, For me, that looks like um, sometimes when we do date nights, it kind of leans more towards maybe what I want to do, but take in your spouse's interests. Like we have completely different interests. So sometimes we have to find a middle ground, but sometimes doing something out of your comfort zone is okay. Uh, what does interest look like to you, Brian? Um,
1: I guess a lot of the stuff that Allison spends a lot of her time doing, um, school and um, just kind of the, the things that she finds interesting, I guess, is very different from what uh, I find interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I like to hunt and I like to fish and I'm um, pretty mechanically inclined. So, you know, anything that's got an engine in it has my attention. And uh, those are things that I like. Um, and a lot of the things that Allison is interested in, you know, is uh, not anything that has anything to do with any of that. So, um, but, uh, you know, sharing in your wife and your, or I guess your significant other's interests, um, you don't always have to engage in them, but um, actually, like, you know, hearing them out and letting them be excited about their interests is important. Um, but also, maybe trying to find some things that you can both do that you're interested in as well is kind of important too.
0: And don't try to force those interests because I still am bitter about the fact that he won't take an interest in Harry Potter. Actually, he did try, he watched some of the DVDs with me, but I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and sometimes I'll even quotes and stuff from there and he just thinks i'm a total nerd so interests are not to be forced on but try to genuinely um take part in their interests um then there's n it's nurture now i know that this word and brian was saying it when we were practicing before we did that he's like that's more like a woman thing and I actually looked up the definition and it says to care for and encourage the growth or development of and that's really important in marriage because we want to be encouraging our spouse to grow and develop spiritually, physically, mentally, as well as care for them. So nurture is a gender neutral word, believe it or not, even though it's associated towards women. So interest, nurture, value, value your partner, value their interests, value who God made them to be. Then we have E, which is enjoy, enjoy the time that you get with your spouse. Um, and, try to always keep that last part, joy, always part of your marriage. S is self-control and selflessness. Sorry, not selfishness. Uh, Self-control and selflessness. So, When i'm talking about self-control that goes for a lot of things um the bible says that we should have eyes for our partner so trying to keep self-control from not um going astray maybe looking at pornography looking at other men or women um self-control is also financial trying to make sure that your financial needs are met um, in a marriage and that you're not just going out and spending tons of money and putting your family in a bad situation. And self-control has a lot to do with our emotions too, uh, especially with anger and what comes out of our mouth. We should have enough control of ourselves to not put ourselves in a situation where we're going to have to constantly ask for forgiveness and be hurting the other person. Um, So, and the reason I say self-control is because this is not control of your partner you don't want to have try to seek control of them and control their actions because it's impossible and it's wrong we should have self-control and the final one is time and brian touched on that a little bit Um, especially if you're working long days and you come home you may not want to sit down and spend that quality time but it may be important to your spouse So maybe carve out um, a night a month that you do a date night. Or you could even do date night in's. We do a date night in, which as Brian told me, the other night is what we do every night, which kind of made me laugh. But for me, I call a date night in because it's a time that I know that I get with him that we'll watch our favorite TV show and just sit on the couch with each other and just absorb that personal time. Um, I don't think that quality time always has to be talking which I've learned, I've learned that over time. I used to think that to have quality time, we needed to be talking to each other, but Brian just appreciates it when sometimes I just sit next to him and I'm just there. He could be doing his own thing and I'm there. Um, We don't need to be doing the same activity just as long as we're in the same room. That's quality time to him. So learn what quality time is for your spouse. Um, some great resources to look at is the five love languages by Gary Chapman. That one is great, especially if you're trying to figure out what quality time is to you, how you can love your spouse. Um, the love languages or is great, but also love and respect by Dr. Eggert's. This is the one that I have referred to in multiple podcasts saying how awesome it's been for our marriage. And um, Brian, what is you want to tell them what this book is for men?
1: Yeah, um, I guess, well, this one is Seven Seasons of the Man in the mirrors. Uh, also, another book, um, um, The Man in the Mirror, I believe, um, is the predecessor to this. Author is Patrick Morley. It's kind of an older book, but it, it walks through um, kind of the journey of figuring out who you're supposed to be in relationship with God as a man, and then um, how to handle um, your relationships with your spouse, your career, um, and how to navigate handling all of that healthily. Um, Also, one last thing on on time, um, something that he mentions in that book is that um, time is the most valuable resource that we can give to our family. Um, There was a time in my life where I thought that making sure their needs and wants were met and working my tail off to do it was more important um, and a conversation that I had with Allie was um, she said you know I'd, I'd do without all that we have just to have more time with you so.
0: That was a good way to introduce that one. Um, another great source obviously is your Bible. Um, These other resources are really great because it helps using it alongside your Bible. A lot of these uh, resources have scripture in them. So it may break down the particular verse and talk to you a little bit more about it. But um, women do not feel like the Proverbs 31 is where you need to stick to. There are other places in the Bible how you can learn how to be a good woman, a good wife, and don't put too much pressure um, on yourself from those standards. And men, um, you have some awesome places to look in scripture. Um, some of those are Genesis 2, 23 through 24, Ecclesiastes 9, 9, 1 Corinthians 7, 3, and 11, 3, and 1 Peter 3. So, um, I hope this podcast was helpful to you guys. Um, Really enjoyed doing it. I'm so glad that Brian joined me and just wanted to give you a round of applause for joining me today. This is for those of you who actually know him and are listening, you know that this is uh, something that's a little bit out of his comfort zone, but I believe that he has some wisdom that's good to share. So I will be speaking with you tomorrow on my next segment and have a blessed day.